0: What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. We appreciate you downloading and listening to these episodes. It really means a lot to us. So go to iTunes, leave us some reviews, let us know what you think of the show. Uh, those are always a lot of fun to read. Head over to iTunes, do that right now. This podcast is brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters.
1: We've been in business a while, Ron. on. Yes, sir. We come out here and just tailgating out of the parking lots is what they did to start with. <laughs>
0: turned it into a full-fledged business yes sir started out just goose hunting now we got goose duck dove pheasants well, can't, pigs
1: can't believe the way it's grown and when they started i didn't really know that it could be
0: like that <laughs> here we are today so if you're looking for that uh that fall adventure look no further 940 658 that's our phone number you can get on the books for this year we're still taking bookings for goose and duck hunts give us a call you could even come out here and do a pheasant hunt with uh over on here so www.stanfieldhunting.com this podcast is also brought to you by dive bomb industries best silhouette on the market yes sir you've hunted over a lot of them
1: i'll tell you what I, they're amazing
0: that's another company that just you know just
1: blew up oh i'll tell you what they're
0: they're great
1: guys great service can't get better service than what you get from them, and the decoys work, and they're beautiful and lifelike.
0: The stake system is what I love the most.
1: I know, it, and that's the first criticism I had when I saw one. Is that <laughs> that'll never work. That thing won't stand up in the sand, but they sure do. They sure fool me.
0: Stakes come in from the top. That way, when you pull them out of the sand or the muck or the mud, whatever you're hunting them in, the stakes stay in place, unlike uh, some other companies who steak system was just a pain in the ass oh yeah the wooden plastic deals was a pain boy they look great they pack up nice dive bomb industries the way to go call them look them up online look them up on instagram dive bomb industries get whatever you're needing for this upcoming waterfowl season because it's here basically a lot of guys are already hunting also we're brought to you by boss shot shells bismuth is back in style the boys are making a kick-ass load
1: well that stuff will bring them to the ground i tell you what just
0: got hit them one time 12-gauge, 20-gauge, they make special loads. You call the people at Boss, email them. They will make you pretty much whatever you want. They'll custom, custom make your load for you. Well, that's
1: good service there, too. And like I said, it's
0: right to your front door. No more big-box stores. They go right to your front door, so you know that you're paying a rock-bottom price. Uh, you're going to shoot the 20-gauge this year, huh?
1: Well, I, I shoot the 20-gauge a lot anyway, but yeah.
0: Do that with bismuth, and you knock the hell out of them, so bossshotshells.com for all of your shotgun shell needs we're also brought to you by 737 the boys in oklahoma making duck calls for all across america great duck call works great sound good man even jeff can use it that's how you know it passes the the user friendly test and they're beautiful beautiful you can put your put your logo on them we've got some here with our logo on them 737 duck calls and they can hook you up for they sell goose calls too so whatever you're needing
1: they they work great handy and jack mostly well they sound good
0: now did you teach jeff how to duck call or he just picked that up well i don't know (laughs) if you'd had a 737 it would have been a lot easier that's right you're right we're also brought to you by lucky duck you if you're going to field duck hunt this winter you're going to need uh spinners look no further luckyduck.com and they can they can send you however many you need. I say you need at least a half dozen spinners if you're going to have a successful field hunt. I'll tell you what, it's
1: amazing to watch them when you get them remotes going. And We had a hunt, the last hunt of the season, we killed about 50 birds in an hour with the whole, we had half the town out there in a blind. <laughs> I, I had my son, two sons, three grandsons, one great-grandson and a granddaughter. And, and a dog that you... Produced. And a dog that I trained and then produced, and then about 10 more friends was out there, and we, we hammered them. Boy.
0: Just got all those lucky ducks going and let, it, let them eat. Those those ducks will key in on that, create a lot of motion, which is what you see on a duck feed, and uh, lucky ducks work. Get the ones with the remotes, get the ones that are waterproof if you find yourself hunting over water, and uh, your worries will be no more. So luckyduck.com for all of your motion spinning wing needs. Uh, we're also bought to you by sea light LEDs. There's no more sense. There's no sense at all to set a decoy spread out in the dark, modern technology. Put the, put these lights everywhere, put them on your truck, on your trailer, light it up, turn that switch on and light that puppy up. That way you can see exactly what you're doing. No more. That's the, you know, that's the number one cause of breaking your decoys, tripping over them. Turn on those lights. You're saving decoys that way. Think of it that way. Saving your investment. SealightLEDs.com. they're what we use. And this show is also brought to you by Athlon Optics, also a U.S. made. Athlon Optics is a proud U.S. sports optic product company devoted to designing and delivering superior quality optic products and outdoor accessories at a competitive price to you, the consumer. Athlon has strong engineering design capability, strategic alliances with quality manufacturers, and a streamlined, fully integrated supply chain. Whether you're shooting prairie dogs or scouting those geese or ducks the night before, Athlon Optics has a product that you need. So go to AthlonOptics.com, get your binoculars, get your scopes. They've also got red dot sights. They got it all. If you need to look through it so you can shoot something or find something, Athlon Optics is the way to go. We're also brought to you by William and Chris Wines. Ron, you're a former wine drinker. Yeah, I've had my share in the past. <laughs> you, you were a sweet guy. You, you liked the the sweet drinks, didn't you? Yeah, I,
1: yeah, I loved it on sweet stuff. But but anyway, they won't let me drink
0: anymore. <laughs> you made that decision a long time ago. But yeah, Cr- William and Chris, uh, great wines. Texas made wines. Uh, I like the red personally. The Skeleton Keys are really popular. You can find them at HEB Whole Foods Central Markets, uh, all those upstanding supermarkets. You can find William and Chris Wines, or you can go to their website and try to get it shipped to you. But William and Chris Wines, uh, you, you you won't be disappointed. All right, on this episode of the podcast, we're joined by Jordan Malinsky. He's new to the waterfowl game. Uh, last year was his first year hunting, actually. And uh, we got him on. We're going to talk about some of the things that he learned and uh, kind of the things that he did wrong but knows that he did wrong and, and kind of what he's done this off season to get better at waterfowl hunting. So this was a fun podcast. I like talking to guys that are just starting out and uh, helping them out wherever I can. So anyway, here we go. Jordan Malinsky. Okay,
2: here we go. Three, two, one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker
0: Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. And I'm Andy Shaver. On the line today...
2: Mr. Jordan
0: Malinsky. Malinsky, How are you, Jordan?
3: I'm doing well, guys. How are you?
0: Doing good. Where are you at, Jordan?
3: I am in Rocky Ford, Colorado.
0: Colorado. Now, where's that at for... uh, Because I have no idea. East, west, south, central?
3: It is southeast
0: southeast okay
2: how far are you from the uh boise city oklahoma
3: boise city oklahoma that's about i want to say a six hour drive if i'm not mistaken i have to double check that
2: and you're in southeast colorado
3: let let me double check that on that one because i know from where from where you guys are it's about a seven and a half hour drive to get to where you guys are at i'm
2: a i'm a long way from boise city oklahoma boise city is north of canadian Texas. Now what's, okay. okay. What's, what's town, you, please, what, let me check that real quick. What's the town you're in? Rock, Rocky Ford. Rocky Ford, Colorado.
0: How far are you from Alamosa?
3: Alamosa, I am right at two hours and 23 minutes away, and I am going there this year. <laughs>
0: uh, you're only- yes,
3: I was listening to that podcast. I did catch that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you're not very far from Boise City. You're probably...
3: Uh, I just looked it up. It's about two hours and forty minutes or so, I think.
2: Yeah, it's not that far. So you're okay. I'm looking at where you're where you're at now. <clears throat> is there a lot of there, a lot of in there, like produce farms where you're at?
3: Yes, sir. There is.
0: What is it? Potatoes?
3: No, we do have some potatoes. Not really. We actually a lot of uh, cantaloupe, watermelon, a lot of corn. Hay is done around here, um, but mainly our big thing that we're known for is uh, cantaloupe and watermelon. Uh, at one point, we, I don't know how true this is, this is. Just growing, growing up here. At one point, we were considered the the melon capital of the world. Now, I don't know how true that statement holds or held, but that's just kind of what they they put that on the fair banner every year. You know, melon capital of the world. See, There's a lot of hot chicks
2: there.
0: We were the. That's what they said about us too. So who the hell knows about the watermelon capital of the world?
3: <laughs> <laughs> and what was that Jeff? you asked? Uh, was there a lot of hot chicks. A lot here? of hot chicks
2: in Rocky Ford, Colorado.
3: Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> How big is it? We have. Uh, this was a few years ago when I looked at our population. We're just like under six thousand people. We're we're not very big.
2: It's a lot bigger in Knox City. That's about six times as big as we are. Really? Yeah, we're a little small. We're just a little blip on the radar. So, okay, okay. W- we're going to talk to you about some waterfowl hunting, and you're going to give an aspect of the waterfowl hunting that we haven't touched on, really. We we, we had George Scott on, and they had only been doing it a couple of years, but you really are what I would call a green behind the ears. You well, Wet behind the ears, excuse me. You're very green. You. I, I wouldn't
3: disagree with you there.
2: You you killed 10 total birds last year, correct?
3: Yes, sir. 10 total birds, and that was not, you know, in one day, that was throughout the entire season.
2: So, you worked your ass off to kill those 10 birds, I'm guessing.
3: Yes, my, my best day, I shot a total of four geese, and uh, that, was, that was probably my funnest day out there, and that was towards the end of the season, so there were some late birds, uh, and actually how I got that, I had been, you know, scouting around, had listened to a little bit of your guys' podcast, and learned about scouting more, and uh, there's a little, we have a little concrete concrete uh, manufacturing place just right, right down the road for me, and they hold water, just like a lot of your, you know, concrete places that hold water and everything, and I've tried for years to get on that, just to even see what the birds are like. The, the guy won't let anyone on there to hunt it. But it's pretty much a, a roost that no one can touch locally. And so I started keying in on that, and I noticed that these birds were coming over and eating on this winter wheat field just just, just right across from it. So I thought, well, maybe I'll give that guy a call up. I, I had heard he doesn't like hunters, but I said, well, all he can do is tell me no. And lo and behold, he actually said yes, which shock me. and so I, uh, I talked to him a little more I ended up having to pay to hunt it but he ended up working out a deal with me and he let me go on for the weekend and yeah I had killed four on one day and then the next day I had killed one and that, that was that was my highlight really of the year but i I worked my ass off I would say the, the first first duck I killed <laughs> funny story on that I was I was actually hunting the Arkansas River down here and it was it was low so that's why I was out there waiting it because I know uh the guy you talked to last time from Colorado, he was just some down here. It can get up to 10 to 13 feet deep, and he ain't lying. So I was hunting that, and, uh, you know, actually I was getting ready to pick up my spread. And I looked up, and I'd see them coming down. And uh, I think actually after learning, because I didn't know, I thought it was a, a hen a mallard that I had shot. And actually it was, a, I want to say it was a hen canvasback that came through. Mm-hmm after you know looking up the species and everything like that because it had a, a, a real light colored head but no 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 uh, bright no no bright uh wings i knew it wasn't a cinnamon teal
2: so um, you you couldn't decide if it was a canvas back a cinnamon teal or a mallard hen right
3: what was that jeff
2: you were you you confused it between a canvas back a mallard hen and a cinnamon teal
3: yes that, that's how fresh i was in the water so i all i knew was the mallards were greenheads, and that's all I really knew about. When I got into this. <laughs> uh, and, I'll, and I'll be honest with that. Some people will be like, geez, this guy didn't know that much. But, hey, this was my first year getting into it. I, I did duck hunting with Dad as a kid, but all I remember was bitching in the blind about how cold it was and wanting to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I had actually got some hand-me-down decoys from him, some uh, some flambeau mallard you know, floaters. And uh, so that's when I decided to go out. And like I so said, I was hunting that on the river, there and it was real low. I'm going to pick up my decoys there, and they buzz past me. You know, I let off shots, and I didn't realize how much you got to lead them fast sons of bitches because I let off all my shots, giving them a good, you know, six inch lead, and I barely dropped one in the back of the pack. (laughs) And so, anyways, I, I drop it, you know, scream, fuck yeah, you know, start running in the river, which I probably shouldn't have done looking back at it now. Uh, so I run through the river to get this damn bird and get the bird, and uh, I'm going to find out. in my next step, I actually got some some quicksand. It wasn't too, too bad because the river wasn't that deep. But that's a, that's what I want to tell you guys about. Some of the river that we hunt down here, there's a lot of quicksand holes that people don't know about. And it'll pull you under pretty damn quick. That's scary. So I, I learned my lesson on that and got you know, scolded from my girlfriend. You shouldn't be running in the river for a damn duck. So <laughs> I uh, I didn't do too much river hunting after that. I tried to do a lot of pond pop in to try and just jump shoot some ducks that way um i mean, didn't ever get into the field hunting with the ducks i kind of you know listen to your guys' podcast and i uh, think you said jeff you think the ducks are starting to key into getting shot in the fields, so they're feeding a the lot later i uh, think all that... i agree to that i noticed last year that all the, the ducks that i would see go into the fields to feed it would be after sunset that they, they would not leave and go into the fields until after sunset
2: I don't know if that's as much hunting related as it's been weather related, but the de- the ducks, I know in the places that they do a, flood, a lot of flooded corn, that they had a lot of problems with the ducks not going in there until late, and I don't know if that was okay. from hunting or if that was I don't know if it's from hunting pressure or just the weather or what it is. Okay. So the, 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 let's let's fast forward here just a little bit. You're learning how to hunt still. What yes, sir. What did you learn this past year that you're going to improve on this year? What what are the what are some new things, your wrinkles you're adding to, to do this?
3: Uh, I'm gonna really try to not overthink. I kind of, I kind of am like Andy. I'll get stressed <laughs> out and worry about everything that can go wrong the night before. Uh, so I'm definitely gonna try and not do that so much because it would, you know, cause me to where I'm trying to overthink every little thing and just to let it be as it is and just you know go with it. Uh, that's one of the things I want to improve on. Uh, scouting, I. I got into the game late last year. I, I decided to go duck hunting. I think a week after season started. Um, didn't do a whole lot of scouting. I didn't travel, you know, very far out of my area. I plan to go pretty far this year. Do a lot of do a lot of miles try and find the birds. Um, like I told you guys earlier, I do plan to go to Alamosa. Their uh, <laughs> their season actually opens up October fifth, and I uh, I've actually made some phone calls, talked to the people who run the refuge to see how busy it gets and. They said I might want to wait till after that opening weekend, but after that, they said it dies down pretty good. So we we might head up there see see what we can do on the refuges around there. I've never been on one, so I wanted to experience that, see what that's like.
0: See, we hunted and, private uh, fields when we were there. We would just knock on doors. Oh.
3: oh, really? Okay, I thought y'all were hunting like next to the refuge there.
0: No, I think uh, one to, There were a couple days that I wasn't there. And uh, I think one of the days they might have done that, but the time that I was there, we we just knocked on doors. Oh, okay.
3: Okay. I kind of took it out. You guys were hunting the refuges because there's like two or three in that area. No. uh, Okay. Okay.
0: And you've got Colorado, you got Colorado plates, so. (laughs) Yes, I
2: do. Yes, I do. You're good. Can you give him any pointers on location, Andy?
0: Alligator farm. So by the alligator Alligator farm.
3: farm. (laughs) No,
2: there's really an alligator farm there. Yep.
3: I've actually, uh, I think I drove by that on a school trip when I was in third grade because we went to the sand dunes, and I think we actually stopped. And if it's the same alligator farm where you can take a tour through it, yeah, I've been been—I've been to that same farm as a as a third grader.
2: How many fucking alligator farms are in Colorado?
3: <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you, but there's a few over by the sand dunes. They don't have nothing else better than playing with sand and play with alligators, I guess.
0: See, we went up to the sand dunes one day after the hunt. We went up there. They got the, what is it, like a museum and type shit? We, anyway yeah, we, uh, we, we went up there and it was okay i w- probably wouldn't do it again
3: yeah that, that's how i was you know i've went as a third grader i'm i'm good you know i i saw it once if there's nothing i you know it's something to see i wouldn't just say you need to go there every year but
0: yeah
3: um and then also i just want to improve on my calling yeah i've been working on that a little bit but i i didn't pick up the call at all just because i thought it was going to deter everything that came my way and uh I realized my mistake I was doing last year, and I'll say that on the podcast. I give me shit for it. But uh, I was flagging probably 40, 40 to 50 yards away from my decoy, thinking, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to come into this. There's not a people <laughs> around me, but so I'm waving this damn flag. Because every person I talked to around here was like, oh, get a flag. Get a flag. The flag works. I'm like, well, shit, I'll get a flag. So I got a flag, and I set it up, and I remember I had a rangefinder. And I marked my, my, I think my farthest decoy away was like right at 55 yards, kind of how I had it set up. And I could hear the geese and I could see something. And I'm over there waving that flag, waving that flag, you know. They just keep passing me. I'm like, well, what the hell? I'm waving the flag. I got my decoys out. What the hell is going on? And then I come to find out, well, there's no de- decoys around, so that doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
0: How, okay, how, how far were the birds whenever you were flagging at them? oh because if there's a if there's a if they are a good ways away like that might not be as big a deal as you're thinking but yeah like if they're finishing and you're waving the flag and it's 50 yards to your decoys which i think is too far um that could be that could have been something but if they're like a mile or so in the distance you know i would nothing. say they
3: might have been a half mile as the crow flies you know they, they were pretty far off and i was just trying to get them to to look my way, I was trying to do a lot of traffic in on the fields I did hunt last year.
0: Yeah, I don't... Man, that's probably not as big a deal as you think it is because uh, all, all okay. they see is motion. All they see is motion and, I mean, birds on the ground, I think is really... And really, a half mile away, I mean, how many decoys did you have out?
3: Last year, I ran one dozen dive bombs, and then I had probably... I think it's up to, I think, it was like 16 of these old shells that I got handed down from my dad. So that's why I was running last year.
0: Yeah. Man, I don't think that's as big a deal as, as what you're thinking it might be.
3: Okay. Um, okay. I, after, after I listened to the podcast and heard that, I'm like, oh, shit. I was that guy waving the flag when I shouldn't have
0: been. Well, now that, no. Um,
2: it's not when you blew it. It's where you were blowing it. I mean, where you were waving it from.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're hunting a traffic field and they're just kind of flying by you, you can't really flag too much, I don't think. Now, when you start flagging too much is when they break off and then, you know, then you're flagging too much and uh, boogers them. But if, if you're on a traffic field and they're just flying from west to east or whatever, just from the left to the right to the field, I mean, I really don't think that you can flag too much because you're, her- you're not hurting anything you're you're, you're no, solely trying like hey i'm over here so like you're not hurting anything but now if they're coming in and you're flagging a bunch that's when you can hurt things and that's when you kind of need to uh have a little bit of discretion when you use it okay does that okay. make sense
3: oh yeah that makes perfect sense. i appreciate that
0: do you have anybody around you that hunts
2: that you can hunt with
3: I, I've hunted with a buddy of mine uh, a few times last year. Our, our schedules really never worked out so those where we could hunt the days that I'm off work, that he was off work. So we got a few in. Uh, we actually, me and him and we hunted the river once last year,
0: and uh, that was a, that was a cold
3: morning. Uh, it started to snow as we were sitting on a little sandbar in the river there, and yeah, we we probably stayed out there another hour after the snow started coming down. We called it a day. We had nothing flying. It was it was cold and wet that morning, but. Uh, for the most part, no, I, I pretty much, I've hunted by myself last year. I see, oh, I want to say maybe a half dozen different guys throughout the season hunting different fields. And and I don't like you guys. You know, if, if someone beats me to a spot, I'm, I'm going to let them be. You know, I, I this year I might go and ask, hey, do you, think you mind if we hunt together? They say, yeah, awesome, no, I'll be on my way. But I never really understood how some of these guys, how, you know, on some of the other podcasts you guys talk to them, how these people are just – heading up 25 yards away and just that that's that's so crazy to me because you're screwing yourself you're screwing the other guy and in a sense you kind of might be screwing that spot. and you have all these guns in one spot those birds are going to get educated educated depending on how many birds you have in your area My, my so bet. It, the, go ahead so there was there was times like I said, i got up late a few mornings and that was my own fault and that's something else i also need to work on this is next year's getting up on time <laughs> and uh, I would get out to the field late, and every guys set up. I'm like, "Well, I'll try something else." And uh, actually, that was how I got my first goose. My plan to hunt on a, a walking access field near me. Uh, some guys beat me to it; they were already set up. So I, you know, kept driving around the rest of the morning. It turned into into mid morning. Uh, I'd actually found a little a little loaf there, even a little little winter wheat field, half, half cut corn. And I uh, got the guy's, guy's number. I gave him a call. You know, told him who I was there's some geese on his field. If he minors if I wasn't try to shoot him, and no, go right ahead. I have no issues with it. So, me being the you know the expert hunter that I am, thinking, oh, I'll sneak up on these geese. I don't need decoys. So, I drive down the the farm road there, pull up on the side of the field, and I'm probably every bit of 200 yards away from the geese. So I start you know crouching low, start moving my way into the field, and I can I can tell you can feel the pressure. They're moving away from me, moving away from me i finally get with what i think is a decent shooting range, but after looking at the video they're probably still 70 yards out there take off in a sprint and they start you know flying away i let off some shots and you know cripple one take off in a sprint you know i'm happy as can be like a kid on christmas i finally shot a goose (laughs) so i'm running in this damn field Uh, i get the goose and i know you gotta ring their necks okay so i gave it a little shake walking back it's not you know, doing anything. I get to where, almost where my truck is, and I uh, I lay him down. So I go look to pick up my shells. All I see is his next to level. I'm like, oh, you're still alive. So I grab the little bastard again, give him a little ring, throw him on the ground, and he's laying there. I go to walk to get my shells. Not even two steps after I take a walk or t- take off to look for my shells. That son of a bitch takes off, flapping his wings, gets mid-flight, goes halfway across the field, and I'm running out for that fucker again. <laughs> that's when i learned the lesson of cripples <laughs> yeah
0: always uh always reload your gun
3: yes i didn't have shells on me it was because i i aimed at the bastard and pulled and clicked I'm like, oh shit I'm not <laughs>
0: shell. did you ever uh so, did, you, did you ever master the art of wringing the neck
3: i did master that yes i finally did master that.
0: <laughs> good
2: my my advice i'm gonna give you you said when i started goose hunting i did a lot of a lot of driving. And a lot of zeros. It was I didn't have the equipment that I mean we had some, but we kept adding to it, but it was a lot of a lot of now I could duck hunt and shoot a lot of ducks, but the geese were really tough and it was a lot of work, but my bet the best advice I can give you is is to find someone in your area that's a seasoned waterfowl hunter and see if they'll let you tag along sometimes cuz you'll learn so much from hunting with someone else and have you added any more decoys to your spread for next year
3: oh yes i have i have a total of four dozen dive bombs i have those uh 16 old shells i got four new shells uh some bigger flambeau shells and then i actually have a uh a half dozen avions and then a half dozen full body tangle freeze so i added some full bodies in but i'm I'm leaning towards the 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 silhouette route because those two bags I have a full bodies—they're—they're they're heavy, and I can tell I'm not going to like lugging them around into the field.
2: Well, the, <laughs> for for what you have to shoot big geese, you've got plenty of decoys. Think I, th- this is what I would do, and I—I I don't know your, where you're hunting at anything, but you said there's a river, there's a sandbar there that holds a lot of birds up and down that river. Um,
3: I, I've heard parts of it have. I've never actually hunted that where where I was that day where I said it started to snow, it, it's like a little island sandbar. It, it's not very big. It's maybe 13 feet long by four and a half feet wide at its widest. And that, and I was only able to sit there, like I said, because the, the river was so low last year at that point when I was hunting. like if I went there uh, probably a month ago, it would have been underwater.
2: Well, if you'll get along that river somewhere where there's a bunch of ducks and geese at, hunt that. Learn how to hunt that river because okay. it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to increase your chances. And, and you can learn a lot because you can shoot ducks and geese both.
0: What do you think, Andy? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm a I'm a field guy. I I don't really like water that much. Field hunting is way easier. Um, you know, do like Jeff said. Like if you need just like an easy layup, you know, maybe try to try to figure out the river. But you know, I think the way that you're really going to grow as a waterfowl hunter is to uh, figure out how to do it in the field.
2: You okay, need, you need to find a friend that likes to hunt. It's a whole lot more fun when you got somebody with you, anyways. And then there's some guys out there that like to go solo all the time. But
3: hey, I, I enjoyed it last year, but I, I can see where having a, a buddy on them slow mornings kind of makes it a little more enjoyable. Than you know, kind of I was on my phone on some of them slow mornings by myself, but I can see where that would be a lot more fun. And it's also a little bit of help when you have more stuff to put out. And by all means, I know my spread that I'm putting out is nothing compared to what you guys are putting out.
0: Yeah, but, but uh, still, I mean, it's still four dozen, and and you know, a couple, couple extra handfuls. That's still that's a bad. That's a lot of work for one guy carrying all
2: them full bodies and stuff in with you. Yeah, I, but I would, I would try to find a friend. There's got. Is there a Ducks Unlimited close to y'all? Uh,
3: I am. I'm not sure on that. I think there's one. I want to say there's one in the in the Colorado Springs area, and that's about two hours away from all me. I, the, I'm not sure on that though.
2: I, I think you could find something early. If if you have a small town DU or Delta around there, you're gonna find some guys that hunt. If you go to a big town, Ducks Unlimited, you're gonna find a lot of drunk guys trying to impress their buddies, and they don't even hunt anyways. <laughs> that, that, that's because that's yeah, a lot of what happens at a DU banquet.
3: Yeah, I don't I don't need no no drunk guys trying to impress me. I, I'd rather stay away from all that. I, uh, <laughs> like I, said, I I'm hoping to I'm hoping to have some more success, and I, I, I do have a lot more confidence going into this year, just from some of the things I've learned so through hardships and some of the tips and information I picked up from your guys' podcast. I uh, I got some boss shot shells. I went and patterned those last week and what'd you think? I uh, Oh my god, they are worth the money and they are they are they're a great product. I got the, the three inch uh three inch number twos, which I'm telling you that right. yeah, I got the three inch number twos and I was shooting that out of a out of a pattern mastered code black goose choke and at forty yards I was getting eighty three percent of my load in in the circle. So I'm um, I'm happy about that
0: yeah they they definitely make a good product how many uh did you get a case what'd you get
3: i just ordered two boxes, two boxes. I, I wanted to get a case but i didn't know how they were going to pattern in my gun
0: yeah so
3: i ordered two to see and then uh, now that i know that they pattern really well i'm probably going to get invest in a case nice i i sent them, i sent them a message to let them know you know i love your product and here's what i here's what i tested at, and I, I wasn't expecting you know maybe a message back saying awesome but i actually had a 30 minute conversation with, I don't know who from boss, but we, we corresponded back and forth. Uh, you know, they, they gave me a, a little tip cause they shot uh, six geese that morning that decoyed into their field and they were using number fives. And, you know, they, they mentioned, you know, staying with the, the two shot, if I'm going out 40 yards and farther, but they, they gave me just a little tip, little help right there. And they didn't even know me, you know, they could have just looked at my message and been like, well, that's one little guy, let's just keep on going. But they took the time to actually respond to me, talk with me, and actually communicate with me on like some of these big things. You know, you go to tag or send them a message, hey, I like your product or something like this, and you don't hear back from them. You don't hear nothing. And that's what I liked about Boss right away. Off the top is, you know, they're selling a good product. I'm not just going to buy it because it's being promoted. And you know, it worked good. That they're they're great people. Just from the few messages I had with them, I can tell that right away.
2: Yeah, they're they're real, Brandon, They're good people, and Meg, really good people.
0: They're on their ship for sure. How has uh how has the calling improved this this summer? Have you have you been working on that all off season?
3: I have. I was actually uh I've been listening to a few of uh I am gonna his last name, Scott therian I think you've guys you guys have had him on the podcast. Trying it caller. Trying it, okay, that's Trinan. how you it. I I he has a few YouTube videos on how to pack some things. I've been listening to those. They've been helping out. I kinda got the moan down a lot better than last year. Uh I'm working on my cluck, and uh, he has a little double cluck. That's that's a little harder to get. I will say that, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's a little more, a little better than last year. I'll, I'll definitely try it a few times.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, you know, just with goose calling, it's it's well, I'm, with any calling goose or duck. It's sh- learn, learn the fundamentals, learn the moan, learn the learn the cluck. Um, and then everything will just kind of mash together. So, like, that double cluck is just one low cluck, one high cluck is all that it is. So, you know, get your cluck down, and then, you know, either drop it an octave or lower it an octave, or drop it or raise it an octave, your second cluck. And, now, and now when you're
3: saying that, do you use your inflection to change the octaves, right? Yes. Your voice inflection, that's what you use to change your pitch, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, and, as as and, and then,
0: like, like, Whenever you do it, I put kind of more air into it. So, like, if I'm going to go click, look, that top one will, will have a little bit more of a burst.
3: Okay. I get what you're saying there.
0: But, you know, it's just, it's just learn your fundamentals, get everything down, and then you can kind of start learning speed and kind of put everything together and then a string of notes together. You know, the good okay. thing is, like, how big of a flock is a big flock for you?
3: What I saw last year, and uh, I think they were mainly lessers that we got last year down in my area, I want to say the biggest flock that I saw was probably 200 birds.
0: Okay, well, that's a lot and of now, birds. That wasn't
3: at one time. That was that was filtering in, and they stayed on the field together, and then they left as a flock. They, they filtered in in groups, but then they left together, if that makes
0: sense. Okay, so what would be the average size flock that you would see one flock at a time?
3: Average size, I want to say... Twelve to seventeen birds.
0: Okay. So you're not so you're not getting the lessers to where you it's just a ton of noise and commotion. So you can do like moans, clucks, honks, and you don't really have to have a whole lot of speed because you're not trying to sound like two thousand geese. Do you get what I'm saying?
3: Uh, yeah, I understand that. So and, and will that work even on smaller groups of lessers, or is that mainly what you want to try with the with uh, the bigger, the graders with the moans and honks?
0: Yeah, like with the smaller groups, you, you know, you don't have to have – what I'm saying is with the smaller groups, you know, if it's a dozen or so or 15, like you don't have to just go batshit crazy and throw every note and, you know, do the Texas triple cluck and all that other stuff. Like you can kind okay. of take it a little bit more – you can be a little bit more methodical. So you can kind of do the moans and some honks and throw in a couple clucks and stuff like that. Like you don't just have to go crazy. Okay, um, okay. So, you know, what I'm saying is, is don't – don't get in a rush because okay. you're just going to shoot yourself in the foot later on. Like the number one thing that I see guys go for is they hear these guys on the call and they start going for speed like them and they can't slow it down and get any notes together. And it just kind of sounds they, they, gobbled up. And... Yeah, they don't have, they don't have their, they don't have their foundation done. So get your notes right, you know, get everything to where it sounds like it's supposed to. And then that's when you can kind of start, Putting things together.
2: Are you blowing a moat gear call?
3: No, I have a Buck Gardner call. That's what I got last year from a from a sports from sportsman's actually. All a right. Buck Gardner can, Canada Hammer. You like it? I've been looking into it. It's okay. I at first when I and I didn't know how to blow the call. I couldn't break it over, and I thought, "Well, shit, that call sucks." And I had a a, a zinc uh, call at best, and that thing broke over easy. But I didn't know how to call them, so I thought, "Oh, I, I'm I'm using that right." Well, now after I have kind of gotten a few things down, I prefer that Buck Gardner, and I won't even pick up that that zinc one anymore because it doesn't, it breaks over way too easy, and it, none of the notes just sound really, really raspy, and they just get really, really high pitched, even with low, low inflections. So I don't know if it's just my tone board got a little messed up in there, or but yeah, I, I like the like the Buck Gardner. I, I've been practicing with it. Um, I've been thinking about getting. You know, a 737, but I don't know if that's something I should wait until I get the more basics of calling down or at least a little more confidence in this one before I step up to that.
0: Is uh, Now, each call is going to blow different. Is the zinc call, is the reed shaved? That might be why it's breaking over so easy and has such a raft, raft to it. They might have shaved the reed, and I bet that Buck Gardner, if you got it at a sportsman's uh, warehouse, you said, I bet it is not shaved.
3: Okay, and that's, now and I, that's I'll, gonna, be, I'll be honest. Will you explain that to me? Because I don't, I don't really get the whole shade versus non-shade or not. Shade all. And okay. Some people might give me shit for that. But. No,
0: no, no. You're good. Um. So basically, that reed, the the white part that's in your guts, is uh-huh. that that's the reed, and it's just a piece of plastic. And what guys will do is they'll take just a knife, and then they'll take a couple layers of that mylar off because that's what it's mylar. Okay.
3: So if it seems thinner, it's shaved then. That yeah, sense?
0: and it should have like uh, it should have like knife marks. So like if you look at them side by side, a reed that is not shaved will basically be smooth, and then a reed that is shaved will kind of. I mean, you'll you'll see that it's it's kind of a reed that's not shaved will be smooth and shiny, and then that reed that's shaved is going to kind of be roughed up, and it's not going to be as shiny. So you could look at them side by side, and you could tell if it's going to be shaved. And what a shaved wreath does is um, it's a lot easier to break over notes. So that's probably why it was so much easier on the zinc call than it was the, the butt gardener call because it's probably shaved.
3: Uh, okay, that, that makes perfect sense. Now I'll have to check that out and see.
0: And like, I mean, because the Canada Hammer, like it, you just got it off a shelf, right?
3: Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It off the shelf and then, then left the store.
0: I'm betting... Um, I've never blown one, but I'm betting that reed is not shaved and I'm betting that the zinc one is, is going to okay. be your main difference. So the, the buck gardener probably takes quite a bit more air to blow a little bit, yes. deeper, a yes, little bit deeper tone if I'm yes. guessing. Yeah. I would bet it's not shaved, but okay. you know, that's just, that's one of those things like, you know, you just got a lot of guys don't really care for a shaved reed because like you said, it breaks over too easy. It's a lot higher pitch. Um, a lot of guys will just run a full read and let it eat. So that's just personal preference. Okay. That's that's just one okay. of those things that you're just gonna have to figure out what you like and kind of find a call. Um, you know, Tony, God love him, his favorite call is the Nightingale Magnum Clucker. He will not blow anything other than that. It is a thirty dollars okay. call from Cabela's. <laughs> wow, and I mean, he, I
3: think I paid. I think I paid thirty five for my butt burner. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, he won't blow anything else. He's tried everything else, can't make it sound right, and that's the Magnum Clucker is what he loves.
2: He might have a record for Magnum Clucker, the geese being killed. He over might. It.
0: He, he he has. Uh, yeah, he has bought his fair share. I think you know, when they look at their sales. Uh, I think ninety percent of their sales are going to Tony every year. You know, <laughs> he's, he just, oh, he just buys them all the time. Now, and in, like, all, in
2: all fairness to Tony, he's probably killed more geese over a Buck Gardner call than Magnum uh, Clucker. Magnum Clucker than anybody else in the history of Magnum Clucker. But does.
0: but it's it, you know it's what he it's what he likes to run. It's what he can run, and he's tried. Like the, we get so many guys from different areas, and they'll have the new call. The new it call, whatever it is, and he'll okay. blow it, and it yeah, just gotcha. doesn't sound right for him. So he goes to what he knows. So <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: no, no, that makes sense. You know, I, I agree with that. It should be on what feels best to each individual person. You know, if if a guy enjoys, you know, to go wear sick all the time, my God, he can go do that. Or if another guy likes to just wear overalls and a plaid shirt, then that's whatever works for them. I'm all for that.
2: It's hard and, to teach uh, an
0: old dog new tricks. I go about it. Absolutely. <laughs>
3: Uh, I do like your dad saying those. Just saying that your dad's saying uh, a piss poor dog. If a piss poor dog don't wag its own tail, I that's think right. that shit is just hilarious. I love that.
2: It's, that's the damn truth. That's right. and, and Dad can't blow a goose call for nothing. He's about like me. Me and Dad cannot, <laughs> Neither one of us. You can't can. blow
3: a goose call either.
2: No, no, I don't even try to. No. <laughs> and I think that shocks people because people all the time are like, "Oh, you can too." I, I can't. I I can't blow a goose call at all. I don't even own a goose call. I don't think I've got a bunch of I- old collectors.
0: And your hands, your on the goose call. Your hands are going to be a big benefit to you to to learn how to manipulate the tone and the volume with that. So going back to that double cluck, like you can kind okay. of you can muffle that first cluck quite a bit with your hand, and then you can open it up a little bit more, and that'll help you make that cluck 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 It'll help you with okay. that sound a little bit more using using your hands okay. properly.
2: What what's the video that. That he should be watching the that Scott's got. He's on the right one. Which, which one is it?
0: If you're it? watching, if you're watching Scott on YouTube, it's a good one. What, what's the video? Bad yeah, grammar. I watched,
3: it. I watched his bad grammar. Yep. Yeah, that's all I watched. I've done the. He went over his double cluck and the moan.
0: Honk. Uh, and
3: yeah, I, I like how he explains it because it makes it to where even though I'm not there with him, I can kind of see the the motion he's making with his mouth. If that makes sense. So yep. I know how to try and manipulate that.
2: And he goes over the hunting on that too, don't he? Or is that which one does he do over the hunting stuff? about putting the spreads out. And oh, that's Goose Society. Goose Society. Have you got that?
3: I have not watched that one. I'll have to check that out. It's called Goose Society.
0: Yep. Yep. Okay, but I'll yeah, check that out. You're you're definitely on the right track with uh there's a lot of good information in that bad grammar one. A lot of good. So. And then
3: uh, I wanted to ask you Andy since you do a lot of the calling mm-hmm. are you uh, you're a right handed shooter, correct? Yep. Or do you call with the call in your left hand? You're holding it with your left hand or are you holding it with your right hand? With All you right. being a right handed shooter.
0: I hold it with my right hand. I don't shoot that much, but I mean, like, not. And I'm the one calling the shot, so I can. It doesn't take me but just a half a second to drop my call and pick up my gun.
3: When you're a
2: guide,
0: you okay. don't get to shoot much. I mean, that's. But but, but I mean, I've
3: kind of gathered that from your guys through you guys talking. You guys don't get to shoot too much as, yeah. as a guide in
0: there. Yeah, but when I do, I mean, I don't. Like I said, it doesn't take me but a half a second to. Drop the call and pick up the gun.
2: It don't make no difference that they need shooting anyways. You can't tell the difference if you're shooting or not shooting. <laughs> huh? You're not a very good shot. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Whatever. The only
3: reason I asked is I'm a little southpaw, and I've, I've come to accustomed to blowing and holding my call with my left hand, and so I didn't know if that would be a hinder to me if I should try and switch it over to get that, that you know, one or two second to get the gun up quicker or that's just something not to even worry about or if no. I'm overthinking. Like I said, I'm mm-hmm. You're I overthink. tend to overthink a lot of things. That's
0: what you're doing there. You're overthinking it. It's not gonna take you but a half a second. When if you know, you get that flock in there, you're gonna be so fucking jacked up, you're gonna throw the call to get it out of your hand. Uh, <laughs> oh, you wanna
3: talk about being jacked up when a flock came in. I had a Or. I don't wanna say that they were they were decoying in on me last year, but I did have a flock coming on me and they were they were checking me out. You know, they at least made one spin and they were coming back. As I was hunting by myself, and oh, I popped out of that layout blind. I was, you know, ready to make it he- make it rain. I was planning to bring down the whole, the whole flock, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't possible. I was that, I was that excited. Yeah, go to shoot gun jams. I, oh, I was so pissed. Mm. I, I was so mad. I got out of the blind. I had to calm down. <laughs> I almost took the took the shotgun to the pivot out there in the field. I'm like, no, don't do that, don't do that. But oh, it was. I had them dead to rights. They were probably maybe. 25 yards right above my layout blind, oh. and yep, gun channels. Oh man.
0: Now another thing that I'll do if if I'm out of the A-frame, and so like what we were talking about, I'm sitting on the bucket, and what I'll do when the, when I think they're about to finish is I'll take my left hand off, and I'll just kind of I'll work it. I'll work the call with my right hand, but I will put my left hand on, uh, you know, I I, I have a pump, so the part that okay, you know, I'll put it on the fuck they call that the stock no it ain't the stock that you pump it with yeah the the forearm or the yeah the forearm whatever you want to call it that's what it's called the
3: arm Uh, i know what you're talking about
0: yeah you know what i'm talking about but i'll put my hand there and then when i call the shot i bring it up with my left hand and then i put my right hand on the stock you know where it goes to pull the trigger okay okay so that could shave uh, a little bit of time off of you but if you're hunting how do you hunt out layouts or what
3: I got a layout blind. It was on sale uh, last year, so I got a layout blind. When I first went out, I didn't have nothing. I I, I thought just getting a few corn stalks and laying them over me was going to be enough. and It it didn't work out, I'll tell you that. It it was cold. <laughs> yeah. So I got a layout blind. Uh, I, I used it a few times last year. And I will say it, it isn't the most comfortable when that wind is howling and it's a little bit rainy outside. It kind of helps keep you out of the elements.
0: Yeah. Um. So... I mean, you could switch like if they're if they're gonna finish, and you know that you're about to want to shoot, switch your hand over because you know really like you're just gonna be doing a couple finishing notes, so like it's it's not gonna be anything complicated. So like, okay, you could learn to do like you know just a little bit with your offhand. That way, you can have your your hand ready to go on your gun if you're that worried about it. I wouldn't worry about it that much though. Okay. Okay. I would just fling the doors now, open. Uh, I'd drop my call, fling the doors open, and let her eat.
3: Okay, and uh, I wanted to ask why? Why do you have a pet peeve of uh, guys having their Instagram videos and then they flip open the layout bl- layout blind doors and then uh, it's nothing? Why is that your pet peeve? I found that funny because I, I get pissed off with it too. I'm watching the video and oh, they're about to hammer these geese, and then all of a sudden it's I just see it. I just see the bottom of the layout blind.
0: Well, I feel fu- <laughs> I feel fucking cheated. Like, listen, I got, two, I got, I got two kids. I got, I, we do three of these a week. We got, we work out here. I've got another job. I mean, I feel fucking cheated. My time is precious, and if I devote fucking forty five seconds to watching your shitty fucking calling, but I want to see these, I want to see this flock get hammered, and then you drop it in the boot bag of your layout blind, like I'm fucking done with you. Unfollow. <laughs> hey, dates, but fun, I hope I never funny. see uh, you again. Uh, are you on? Are you uh, on Facebook? You I'm with
3: you there.
2: Jordan, are you on Facebook?
3: No, I do not have a Facebook, sir. Just on IG? My, uh, my, my significant other does.
2: Oh, would that be your wife? Girlfriend.
3: Uh, common common law, basically, you could say we've been living together almost five years now.
2: Okay. I don't know why you don't have a Facebook, but she does. But anyways,
3: if you... If well, I can explain that real quick. Well, that's just, okay. that's, I, that's, I, I, I don't want to get into your
2: personal stuff. If you got caught cheating or something, we don't want to know about all that shit. No, 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 no,
3: no, no, no. It's nothing like that. I just I was dumb as a kid and so I've never just gotten back into it with Facebook. I I I was dumb as a kid with it and didn't know how to use social media, so I just never went back to it. It's nothing like I'm I'm in trouble and can't use it by any means. I
2: just (laughs) Well the reason I never really thought that the reason I ask is we have a private group the the Big Honker Podcast private group is a closed group. And if you were okay. on it and a member of it, I would bet you that someone listening to this hunt some in your area would probably welcome you to hunt with them because that's happened on a lot of different groups. Guys have been on here, and I'm sure when you go to Alamosa and you tell them you want the big Honker special, <laughs> I promise you they can find an <laughs> area to hunt. That's probably why they're booked up the, on the weekend.
3: <laughs> I, I did go and check. Yeah, the the hotels are booked up. I try to find a I try to find that bear
0: hotel, and it was it was booked up what, the time I wanted to go down there. What's the name of that What's the name of that motel?
3: I, I think honestly, is the Bear Lodge. And, and is uh, it? I want to the Bear Lodge or the Bear Inn in Alamosa.
0: Yeah. It's a nice place. Not too bad. Yep. So
2: uh, ask them for the Andy's discount when you're there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking sending all sorts of people to Alamosa this year. I need to call them and be like, <laughs> listen, bitches, y'all hadn't been this busy in fucking ever. So give me 10% <laughs> or something. What? Uh, give me 10%. Have you figured out how to cook these things yet?
3: Uh, yes, I actually, I did cook geese last year and I was, I was going to tell Jeff, that if I ever come down there, I would like him to try because I think I might be able to change his, his perception on
2: we, how geese do You're, you're, you're fucked on that. It ain't happening.
0: We've got, <laughs> uh, well, first let's, let's hear, you know, we got world-class chefs that are, that have offered to come down here. So how have you learned to, uh, they, they've offered to come down and change Jeff's mind. How have you figured out how to cook them?
3: So I, uh, I marinated, or I did not say I brined my goose breast. I did this last year. I brined it for three days and uh, in a saltwater brine, okay. just to get a lot of a lot of that blood out. And then after three days, I took it out. And I wanted to make. A, I saw a guy on YouTube do it. He made uh, basically chicken chicken nuggets, breaded chicken nuggets out of duck. Whoa. I thought, well, I'll try it with goose. So I, uh, I followed his thing. He's pretty much he. He, he did a different type of brine. I only think he did it for a day. I did, I did mine for three days, and I went and I got a egg egg flour, and then I was going to do just plain breadcrumbs, but I thought I, I'm going to give a little flavor. I did a garlic and herb breadcrumb mm-hmm. mix, so I did that to to bread them and everything, and then I just fried them. And I will I will say this. The only thing that I wish I would have done differently was tenderize them before I breaded them and fried them. It was the only thing. They were a little tough, but God... Damn, they were good. Yeah. Why don't you just eat some chicken? <laughs> just eat some chicken. He says, "Oh, you know, it's, it's in the freezer. I might as well get some use out of it."
0: Oh. You, uh, you know, you're on site. You could do like, uh, like steak fingers with it. You could, like you said, tenderize it, and get it real flat, and kind of maybe, maybe not do nuggets, but like strips, and just have like steak fingers.
3: Okay, I might try that because I will say yeah. The, the some of the, sh- the nugget sizes burn all the exact same, so we had some. Some big ones, and
0: then we have some little, little tiny guys. But yeah, I'd slice it. I'd slice it kind of maybe, you know, just like a regular fucking steak finger. Slice it, slice it thin, and then bread it, and then you're good. (laughs) Be a little bit more tender that way.
2: (laughs) Let me tell you something. I just did a check on on the internet. It's it's called the Grizzly Inn. The Grizzly the Inn. The Grizzly Inn. The Grizzly reviews Inn. terrible. Needs to be condemned. Rooms look like something from a horror movie. <laughs>
0: well, you know.
2: It's a two star place.
3: Well,
0: when I that, stayed, that depends th-
3: on what you're going there for.
0: Yeah, when I stayed there, the movie uh, No Vacancy came out with Kate Beckinsale, and uh, it does. Ha- the rooms do have a little bit of that fi- that vibe, but you know, they, you get hot coffee in the morning. Not that. Bad. I mean, at least
3: they got hot coffee. <laughs>
0: yeah um so but what i was going to say is when we were there we gave all of our birds away there's a local community that was happy to take them off our hands but if you're if hey if you're eating them good for you man um
3: yeah i uh i do plan this i get some this next year i uh saw a recipe where a guy made it into hamburger and he took the goose and uh he did about a 30 percent bacon fat and he made a basically ground beef with it and so I i thought about doing that you know i at least try it out I've, I've i've ate antelope deer elk before you know and elk is delicious i um I've, I've ate all that so i thought well i've shot this bird i might as well at least try this bird
2: and i appreciate you doing that and i respect you for doing that i do and let me tell you something mingo you just said if you kill some birds if you keep plugging away you'll kill a lot of birds it'll get to be a regular daily deal it's it's i don't know how to explain I, I it to you that. once, that's once that's you that's get, get that. yeah once you get over the hump and you start learning what you're doing and you learn a little tricks and stuff You'll get where even, you'll even pass up certain birds. You, you'll, you'll get where you'll pass up a shoveler. <laughs>
3: don't don't <laughs> but, ever. No, don't, no, those no. guys
0: are just assholes that pass up shovelers. Don't but, ever get to that. Those way. guys
3: are just assholes.
0: Don't <laughs> ever get to yeah, that. Isn't one, that man. your
3: goal, Jeff, to shoot a banded shoveler?
2: Oh, I would be fucking bad. I'd be all over that shit. I'm not too <laughs> proud. I'd shoot a banded coot. I don't care. Um, and if you I'm know, out I, there I pulling the trigger.
3: Go ahead, go ahead.
2: I'm going to shoot whatever's flying by. I go out there to shoot. I don't, I'm not just going to shoot mallards. Now, I would love to field shoot mallards more than anything, but if I'm duck hunting over water, I'm going to shoot what I can. But I'm going to tell you right now, you keep plugging away and you keep doing it, Find you somebody in your area that likes to waterfowl hunt with you and share the experience. And maybe it's not someone that likes to know now. Maybe you know someone younger than you that would like that likes to hunt but doesn't have the means or doesn't. Learn, and you can teach them while you're learning. Okay, that's a, just just get someone involved with you.
3: Yeah, I've tried to try to get my dad on a few hunts. It's just with his schedule. And he lives uh, he lives an hour away from me, and with his schedule with work and with how things go, it's. It's kind of hard to get that plan, but we we are shooting to at least do one hunt this year with geese together, so so what, that'll, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that.
0: What got you back into waterfowl hunting? You said you did a little bit when you were a kid with your dad, but then stop. What got you back into it?
3: You know, honestly, you um, you guys touched on it, and I can't remember what podcast it was, but you were, you said Andy, you know, if, if if you're struggling to kind of find, you know, you know i don't want to say purpose but if you're struggling to kind of find your way you know you can try something else new and and I, I was at that point in my life where i just kind of i didn't know what was really next for me kind of i don't want to get all you know sappy or anything on you guys but i just i didn't really know what i was going to do next and yeah. uh i had done some hunting with my dad i'd actually uh, this was just after i got back from my elk hunt with him and i that was the first time i had hunted in years with him and uh, it just brought back you know a lot of them a lot of feelings and emotions and stuff like that and and made me feel good and so i thought well i might try you know duck hunting because i remember we did it when i was a kid that's what i remember as a kid you wake me up early in the mornings we drive out be cold as shit i'd have my strawberry strawberry chocolate milk in the blonde you know waiting to go home and you know i always remember at least some sort of ducks being there afterwards playing with their playing with their bills you know their web feet you know asking what's this and uh what well, really just got me back into it, it was just, I, I missed that. I missed that feeling. You know, I, know, I, don't, I don't know. I'm trying to explain it to where it doesn't sound all, you know, sappy and you know, gooey here, but I just, it just, it, I don't want to say it gave me purpose, but it was just something that I felt like I knew I could do. I wanted to do. And uh, just down here, there's not a lot to do, I guess, so to speak. So it was something I knew I can do on my free time. Don't want to say necessarily in my backyard, but, I knew, knew to do it, it, was available to me, yeah, and you, I, wasn't, I wasn't taking advantage of it.
0: Yeah, you've got the resources, you know, you got the birds around. Um, it's something that, you know, I, how many elk can you shoot a year? One? What was that? How many elk can you shoot a year?
3: Uh, I drew that tag that year, so it was a draw tag, and that was my only one, but you can go buy over-the-counter tags and go down south, and if you can get on the land and find them, you can, I think you can buy, I don't know if there's a limit on that, I could be wrong, but you can you can just buy a tag and go over the counter as many times
0: as you want. So here's here's the reason that I like waterfowl hunting more than I like big game or anything in Texas. What is it? One buck county that we're in. Uh, yes. Okay. So that's one. That's one shot. And I think you can shoot two doe. Mm-hmm. So at most you can shoot three deer. In that's, the state of Texas, if really? you're doing
2: anywhere, the most you could shoot would be five deer, I think.
0: So so really? where, where we're at, I mean, so you know, with waterfowl hunting, you can shoot up to a box of shells a day you could shoot you know a lot more than that you could shoot more than that but with waterfowl hunting you you're kind of getting more bang for your buck is why i like waterfowl hunting more than i like big game um i I get that the the big deer deer do nothing for me big flocks and stuff like that not even big flocks just a little flock that does it right where i want it to do it does more for me than that buck walking out at 150 yards that i'm gonna shoot with a high-powered rifle
3: oh yeah i get that and that's kind of awesome for me it was i knew i could go you know big game hunting if i planned it and with my dad and everything but i some of these places where i had to go i knew i didn't have the personal resources to try and do that and so that's also another thing it was you know and it, it is extensive if you want to get into all the gear of you know waterfowl hunting. but i got lucky i had i think two dozen flambeau decoys my dad gave me duck decoys to start out with so i was I was started off, and I was able to go out on the weekends in my own, you know, like I said in my own backyard, so to speak, and, and do this every weekend if I wanted to. Yeah. And, and there were some weekends I couldn't, you know, things came up and stuff like that. But if, if there was a time I could, last season I was trying to get out there at least, at least to least go scout in the afternoon, see if I could go find some different birds. Uh, you know, trying to find these little sloughs and little you know ponds that hold water, see if I can jump jump some ducks. I shot a a lesser scop on. Thanksgiving last year, when we were, when me and my buddy went out to go uh, jump shoot some ponds that we knew had a little bit of water in them.
0: But you're you're so right, you know, and I think it's important to do things that you suck at. Uh, waterfowl hunting, in my mind, there is a lot of finesse and a lot of t- and a lot of tactic that you have to use each and every day to be successful. And I don't think that you get that uh, with big game. So um, my hats off to you for diving in, you know, balls deep. And trying to uh, figure this out, my hat's off to you, my friend. Um, thank
3: you, thank you. I'm I'm loving it. It's it's been a journey, and I I know I'm going to learn something new probably every day, and that's that's also what drives me to keep going out there. Because I, I just from listening to your guys' podcast each day, there's something I take out. Like, oh well, shit, I could try that, or oh well, maybe I'll try that, or you know, you had a it was an older one, but I believe you guys had a it was Dave Reese, a real real renowned guy who used to guys for you guys. And yep, how he was talking about how he uses pivots and things in the fields to his advantage yep i would have never thought that i last year i hunted a field that had stuff like that i steered as far away from it as i could because i thought oh these birds aren't going to want nothing to do with that right but yeah. now this year if i can get back on it i'm damn well going to use those to my advantage
0: yep that's right well my man you've uh you've got my uh cell phone number now so if there's anything you need during the season don't hesitate to uh send me a message or give me a call or whatever but i'll be uh be happy to help you in any ways that I can.
3: I, I appreciate that, Andy and uh, and Jeff. I'm I'm going to look into the Facebook thing. I'll I'll make one up. <laughs> so I, <get> on that <laughs> <too>. <laughs> I just <it's, laughs> I don't want you to think that I'm I'm outlawed from no no from no Facebook just no. Just whatever you
0: whatever you do, don't do the uh, join account with your with your old lady. That you'll it, catch hell over that. Oh
3: shit. God, no! I've seen people do that, and I'm, I'm I can't figure out who whose account is this. You know, how does this yeah, work?
0: That 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 just means that. His balls are in her purse. So, but but the (laughs) close the
2: closed groups a good place to meet some people, and you'll probably find somebody in your area. But we appreciate you being on with us, Jordan. We wish you the best, and we'll call back this winter and check on you sometime and see how you're doing.
3: I appreciate that, and uh, appreciate you guys having me on. It was it was an honor. I I was very excited to do this. I I can't wait to listen to it. I uh, I wish you guys the best this year down there at Stanfield. I know you guys are. You guys been doing pretty good with teal. I, I saw you guys had a pretty good weekend. I know it ended, but you guys are pretty good with no, teal. Didn't we,
2: we, we got one more week of it, but it's okay. We need a Oh, you guys
3: have one more week down there, really. The yeah, our teal season ended this last Sunday. No, we need, yeah. but we need some cold weather.
2: Anyways, we we appreciate you being on here, and send us some cold weather.
3: Yes, sir. I'll, I'll try and do that, and uh, appreciate you guys, and you guys have a good one. God bless you. Stay hey,
0: out ahead. of those pot shops.
3: Thank you, and God bless you. Yeah, I'll, I'll be <laughs> sure to do that handy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See you, bud. See ya. See ya,
3: have a good
2: That that is the, the greenest person we've had on and I wanted to, I wanted people to hear that.
0: He's got a good attitude. He does.
2: And and, and I, I've been there in his boat trying to shoot a goose. That was not the best teacher when it comes to shooting geese. <laughs>
0: you know. I you know, um doing these uh talking to public land hunters and stuff like that, it just uh or guys that, you know, just like him, like he, he doesn't have a mentor in his area. And I learned from the best. So well, I appreciate it, that very much. It, it makes it makes me appreciate uh, learning the way that I did.
2: Yeah, you were very fortunate. All you boys were. There's a lot of good influences around y'all. And I like these public deals. I like visiting with people. I like talking about places they're at. And I bet you the hunters in Alamosa, Colorado would like to tell you to kiss their ass. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I just hope he shoots a band out there. Is all that would be great. Is all that I hope for. We Uh, did shoot a shitload of bands. Well, hopefully he does. Staying at the Grizzly Inn.
2: What? Some bitch looks like
0: a dump. It. uh, The the Grizzly Inn. It ain't great, but compared to everything else in Alamosa or all the other. This is our hate list. Motels. The
2: hate list number three is the Grizzly Inn. Number two is the Alamosa Goose Hunters, and the number one people that hate us the most are the people that make the Finisher. That's okay.
0: All right, thank you all for I, listening. Uh, I turned I turned down, a, uh, there's a new finisher coming out. They they reached out to me.
2: They obviously have not listened to the
0: podcast much. Probably not. Not too much. But, uh, yeah, he was giving me the spiel of it all. And um, I'm like, ah, I'm going to have to say no to this. But I appreciate you thinking of me.
2: God gave you a penis. That means you've got hands Ring the fucking neck on that thing.
0: <laughs> so um, I'll never fucking sell out. That's what I'd have been if I'd have tagged on with these people.
2: You don't think we'd have given you shit, do you?
0: There ain't no way that I could get on with those guys now. I am too deep into this, baby.
2: I'll give a big shout-out to Blake and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. They've actually won two weeks in a row, and they play Ohio State this weekend. Going to be ugly. Yep. All right, God bless you all. Thank you all for listening. Hope everybody has a good, safe week.